Welcome to the Unbusy Your Life podcast. I'm so excited today. Welcome to episode number 108. I have personal trainer, my personal trainer, one of my favorite people. I lovingly refer to as Teal, Tara Wallace here. And we are going to be talking all about how to create hard habits and stay with them long-term and consistently. So if this is something you want to do, maybe you want to start going to the gym or you want to start meditating or there's something in your business. You just know, like if you did this, it would like make such a difference, but you have a really hard time staying with it because it feels so hard. This is the episode for you. friends, I'm Neil, and I'm a recovering workaholic. There was a point in time where I thought that working more was what it took to get things done, to make money and to be successful. I thought this because this is what everyone told me I had to do. It took me being miserable and completely overwhelmed to finally call BS on this crazy, too busy lifestyle that I created because I had listened to the productivity and time management gurus. But when I gave up on the idea that I had to work hard to get what I wanted, I finally learned how to take control of my schedule, get more accomplished in less time, make more money, and have the freedom to do what I wanted when I wanted. Now I teach others how to accomplish what they want in less than 30 hours per week so that they can have more freedom and flexibility too. This is what the semi-retired lifestyle is all about, and it's the antidote to the too busy life. In this show, I'm sharing my secrets, my tools, and my strategies with you so that you can start living this lifestyle too. It's time to unbusy your life. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome, Tara. I'm so, so excited to have you back. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So if you didn't listen to the last episode that Tara and I did, it was really fun. We talked about self-care. So go back and listen to that one if you want to learn all about self-care and some of the really fun and interesting things that Tara does for her own self-care. And I think maybe even that episode would help you or have you consider self-care in a slightly different way than maybe you have before. Today, we're going to talk about creating habits for hard things because I think this is such a challenge for so many of us that we have this, these aspirations of things that we want to do that we know we maybe should do. And then maybe we do them for a little while, but then they, we like fall off the train (laughs) or lose track and we're not consistent or long-term with them. So Tara and I wanted to give you some ideas, some tips, some strategies on maybe how to start a new habit for something that feels really hard right now to make it something you do long-term. And when you do fall off the train, like what do you do from there? What's the next step after that? Okay. So Tara, first thing I wanted to chat with you about is What do you notice? So Tara trains a lot of clients and she has trained a lot of very high performing clients in the past. She herself has been in how many swimsuit competitions? Six. (laughs) Six swimsuit competitions. She knows a little bit about doing hard things, as you can imagine. So I'm really interested to know what you notice about your athlete clients who are the highest performing, like what does it take to get to that level? First of all. Okay. So number one, they show up. (laughs) (laughs) Seems obvious. They don't cancel. They are on time, which is a huge difference from canceling all the time. 
being nice, making excuses. They're consistent. They make the time for it. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. These people don't make excuses. They don't say, I don't have the time. They make the time. They'll get up earlier. They make it a priority. Um, I also, after you asked that, really started thinking about it and they definitely have a positive attitude when Mm -hmm. I ask them to do something that's a little out of their comfort zone, they will do it instead of, you know, make excuses. So, yeah, I think I see that in our group that we're doing right now in the fit camp group, we like, we grumble about it and we give you a hard time about it, but we still do it. We're still like doing it and we're joking and we have a smile on our face, even though we feel like crying and like, we're going to throw up. Like I literally wanted to bring the trash can over this morning after class or while we were doing the sprints on the bikes. I thought I really thought I was going to throw up. I had ridden so hard on the bike, but I think that's a really, that is really important is what the point that you just made that we still have like this good attitude about it. Like we're still cheerful about it. We're still like, yeah, this is really hard and I'm still doing it. Yeah. They do it even when they don't feel like it, which I think is huge. And a lot of people won't. I think that is the most important thing. If you don't take anything away from this podcast, (laughs) that's probably the gold nugget is showing up even when you don't feel like it, even when it feels really hard, even when you're not maybe a hundred percent, you still show up and you do it anyways. And I would agree with you. I have to say that in the clients that I work with and the entrepreneurs that I work with consistently showing up and doing the things, even though they don't feel good necessarily in the moment, But doing it anyways, even when it doesn't feel good, is what I would say is like probably one of the number one keys to success. Yeah. So anybody can do it when they're motivated. Totally. Doing it when you're not motivated. Right. That's the easy thing. Yeah. Consistent. Those two things are totally major. And I think that's probably why we see such a huge influx into the gyms in January because people are feeling motivated and they're feeling excited. They're like, okay, this is the year. I'm going to do it this year. And then the motivation kind of wears off. And then that's really kind of like the litmus test who continues on past that easier stage where you are feeling more motivated and more excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that doing it even when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And I think these people have the ability to delay gratification, instant gratification for long-term results, which not everyone can do that. Oh my gosh. Want the, the results right away. So I love this so much in so many ways. So give me an example of what it would look like for your clients to be delaying gratification and what kind of like results do we get for that? Delaying gratification. So I just had a girl who wanted to look really good in a bikini for a Mexico trip. So we put her (laughs) on a very strict meal plan for five weeks and she had limited time, five weeks. So it was strict and there were no cheats and it was you want to look this good in your bikini in five weeks then trust the process don't whine let's do this and so she delayed the gratification of you know maybe a donut or pizza or any of those things that would derail her and she went to mexico last week and looks amazing i have her before and after pictures and such a huge transformation and it was so worth it for her so being able to hold on for five weeks and eat very clean was delaying her gratification for instant satisfaction yeah 
And I think that is such a, and, and this is obviously the one person's goal. It's not that Tara doesn't work with just people who want to look good in their bikinis. I want to make sure that that's clear that that was this specific client's goal. There's lots of goals, different, all different people, all of the clients that she worked with have different kinds of goals. But I think that is such an important idea to have the skill really of delaying gratification. Cause I don't think this is something that we just, I know from the neuroscience that I've read and the studying that I've done and all of the mindset work that I've done is that our brains are actually programmed for the opposite. Our brains are programmed to go for the thing that feels really good in the moment that feels easier in the moment. And so it is really a skill to be able to delay, to say no to that and to say yes to the thing that you want long-term and wanting the thing that you want long-term more than the thing you want in the moment. That's an actual skill that I think we have to practice to get good at. I don't think that anybody, we don't really talk about skills like that. We're not in school or really our parents probably didn't even think about that or teach us those kinds of things. I wish I was taught that in school. So true, right? So true because the more you're willing to delay your gratification, the more that you can create the success that you want in the long term instead of focusing on this moment right here, but thinking about how you can use this moment to create the future that you want. And I think this is also really important, not just in terms of health, like physical health. I think that's super important, but also I think in terms of time management, thinking about like what I do now and how do I use like my choice that I make now, do I procrastinate on this thing or do I get it done so that the future me, the next week me doesn't have to deal with this. And also in business thinking about, I just had a meeting with my uh, team right before we hopped on to record this podcast. And we were talking about like, why my Facebook ads are working so well. And it's such a cheap leap cost. So if you know about Facebook ads and one thing they said to me was, you have decided that this is a long game. It's not the short game. So you're not, you've never been looking at this. Like it should work for me in the next 10 days or the next 15 days. You've really been building your business from the long-term perspective on this. And so for me, it has really like, thinking about it in that way, in terms of business, what you're doing now and thinking about how to make it part of your long game and delaying the gratification of what that can do for your business, instead of really making decisions about what matters right in this moment, what do I care about right now? What feels easy right now? And thinking about the long-term health and sustainability of your business. So I think it has applications everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So doing it even when you don't feel like it, (laughs) delaying gratification. Yeah. And also being willing to be the hardest worker in the room. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that's interesting because I think I'm a hard worker, but I definitely think like in our fit camp, there's people who, who leave more on the table than I do. Like I put it out there, but even I'm thinking like my husband, I don't know that anyone can match his level of hard work that I have met. (laughs) I don't know the two of you. <laughs> I don't like this morning. Actually, I'm going to tell this quick story because it was it's so fun. We're in fit camp, and Tara's like, "Okay, we're going to start out the day with a 
plank off. <laughs> so at 5.45. At 5.45 in the morning, we're like, um, okay. So it is me and my husband and then two other men who showed up today for class. And so we're doing this plank off. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no way I'm letting a boy beat me. Like, there's just no way that a yoga teacher is going to be beat in a plank challenge. Like, it's not happening. But I also know my husband. And I know, like, he will push it beyond what anyone thinks is normal or reasonable. And I'm like, okay, so that will be my challenge. It's just to outdo his They were the last two standing. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to report I won, of course, but it was not an easy win. And I think every single person that was in that room has a little bit of that competitive nature and that strong will to just like outdo themselves. And I love that about that group. Yeah, definitely willing to be the hardest worker in the room, which I think goes along with the way you live your life, the way you work out in the gym, I've always believed is directly correlated to how you live your life. So yeah. in real life, situations you're also not going to give up you know you're going to fight until yeah yeah and one of the things that I love that Tara says to us in class I said this to the other day but I I agree with her like everything I do I try to think about how can I take this out into my everyday I do that with yoga I do it with running I do it with the work that I do with Tara and I just feel like those are safe easy experiences that we can use to build the skill and the strength and the resiliency to do our everyday life. And so one thing that she says to us in class is scare yourself a little bit, like push it so hard that you scare yourself. And I was thinking that's such a fascinating thing. And and you all know, if you've been um, following me on Instagram this year, that Rick Mulready and I, our goal for this year is 50 fails. So I've been sharing very publicly and very vulnerably the failures in my business so that we can change the conversation about what failure means. And I've been thinking about this in terms of like what Tara says is if I can scare myself here in this room, it's just practice for letting myself be scared in my business and all the other goals that I have and still going forward with it. So I love that you bring those things into our class. I think it is like, it's so inspiring and it's one of the things that makes me love you and your classes so much. I try to make it more of a work in, not just a workout, you know? Yes. Kind of all connected. Totally. I love that. The other day we were in, we were doing spin class by request of everyone except for myself. (laughs) She asked us what class we wanted and everyone said spin. And I was like, okay, spin is not my top. I do like it, but it's definitely not like my number one. Like I love it so much kind of workout. But she had us, when we're on the bikes, you even had us doing this visualization exercise, which I think was so fascinating. You were saying to us, think about your the you you are a year from now and put that vision in your mind and then go after it, go get it. And it was so, it's like, there isn't just physical training that happens. I really feel like you're training us in, in our minds and training us emotionally to, to be able to handle the things out in the world. So I love that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for recognizing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, this is why I love her. <laughs> I will never not have her in my life, but <laughs> she chooses not to. <laughs> okay. I love that. Anything else about the high performing athlete clients that you worked with? Uh, not off the top of my okay. head. And I say that word athlete. It's so interesting to me 
you, you used that word with me one time when I was first starting to work with you. And I was like, I'm not an athlete. Like, what are you talking about? But as I've started to think about this, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see how that actually is true. I've been an athlete my whole life, not just when I was competing in sports with other teams or against other people, but really being, I've really been leaning into this idea of being the athlete of my life and like showing up, like I'm the athlete. And you, I put this in an Instagram post because you say this to us is what do I need to train for today? Like, how does the athlete show up to this situation today? And you say that to us in class, actually, like be the athlete, go in, don't give up, give your all. And I've really been thinking about how to apply that again, not just in class, but also taking that out into the world. So thank you for that. Love it. Okay. So the next thing I wanted you to tell us a little bit about is your story of your swimsuit competitions. Cause I think it's fascinating and I can't even imagine like you have shared with me like some of the meal plan and some of the workouts that you had to do in order to prepare for that. And it's pretty, and like, it's intense. So I thought it would be really interesting for you to share, like how you got yourself to do those really hard things. Cause it's not like one hard thing a day. It's like your entire day. You're thinking about your workouts, your food, all of that with the goal of the competition at the end. Right. So most people, when they decide to do a show, depending on where their body is, if you're fit already, Usually it's about a three-month process, 12 weeks. Oh, was that it? So interesting. For me, it was. Yeah. Already being just kind of fit. And yeah, a lot of people can do it in 12 weeks. So it's a lot of working out. It's very strict food. Cardio, it's a lot. The working out was easy for me. Yeah. I was already doing it. So I, I did have to learn from full body workouts to muscle specific workouts, which was different for me going from when I was doing to a back day, a leg day, a shoulder day, upper body day. And it's effective though. Bodybuilders have, they're they're the ones that have the most success in physique. Right. They kind of know what they're doing. The food was the hardest part for me. You have to eat very strict, weighed, measured, small meals, five to six times a day and nothing else. The way I did it, I got a once a week, an indulgence meal, we called it, not a cheat meal. And I like to tell people it's an indulgence meal because you're not cheating on anyone. You're not cheating on yourself. Mm. It's You should be able to indulge once a week and enjoy it and have no guilt. So in the beginning, it was like, poor me, poor me. I can't. I can't have that. And I, I don't want to go to that event because everyone will be eating this. And I don't want to go to that because I can't have that. And my coach said to me, cause I hired a coach the first time I did a show when I turned 40, I wanted to do my first professional bikini contest and I had never done it before. So I had no, it was all new to me and I wanted to be, I wanted to learn it all. So she said at one point to me, she said, you need to, flip your mindset. You need to shift your mindset basically to, I get to do this. I chose to do this. Nobody's making me do this. I wanted to do this. And so that was a huge light bulb moment for me to really flip the mindset from me. I can't have pizza to nobody cares. (laughs) I chose this. Shut up, deal with it. Yeah. Fuck it up and do what you 
are trying to do, you know, like don't complain to your husband. Don't complain to your kids. <laughs> you chose this. They don't want to hear it. You're sore. Good. You should be, you know? Yeah. I love that so much. And I do think that is one of the most important things about creating new habits for things that are really challenging and hard is the mindset piece. And actually in preparation for this podcast, I told Tara this, I'm going to reread Atomic Habits Atomic Habits by James Clear. I did read it this weekend and, and I realized like you could get everything you needed out of this book in the one chapter where he talks about the three layers of behavior change and understanding that the only thing that really matters in the long-term perspective, this is chapter two of the book, if you want to go grab it, is that they are inside out. Long-term habits are created from the inside out. So it's how you think, how you identify as someone, the person who just does these things. So I love that you just said to change your mindset about, I have to, oh, poor me, to I get to. And that reminds me of, I think Saber said this in our fit camp. You asked us one day to share why we're there. And he said, of course, he was the first one. So then all of us had to follow him. (laughs) He said, I'm here because I get to be. And I like literally was like, oh my gosh, like that is the best answer that there possibly could be. He's like, I just, I get to be here. And so that's why I'm here. So I love that. I think that's really, really important. Again, if you're going to take anything from this podcast, thinking about the way you think about something is going to determine how hard it is for you to number one, start a new habit, but also number two, stay with the habit and make it a long-term, if maybe not even lifelong activity that you do. Trust the process, trust your coach. If you have a coach, be willing to learn, be willing to be coachable. Yeah. Those things. I love that. And so maybe you can speak a little bit to that idea of being coachable because this is something that comes up for a lot of my students too. It's not that they're not coachable, but I think what happens is when we're starting something new, we feel a little inadequate. Like we're not really very good at it, or we like might not do it right, or we might fail or stumble along the way. And if we just allow ourselves the grace to be able to do that, to really like suck at it, to be a beginner. Yeah. That and letting go of the the opposite of that coming in, thinking you already know it all yeah, and being able to let go and trust someone else because a coach can see from the outside what can't always see when you're in the game totally so just being able to trust the coach trust the process right and be willing to learn yeah what you don't know and that goes back to the episode that I did a couple of weeks ago when if you all are listening to it it was about how I always get like a 10 times return on anything that I invest in <laughs> one of the things is exactly what Tara is talking about I just decide like when I invest in something, like I never let myself question what she tells me to do ever. I just don't even engage in it because I know that she knows what she's doing. I just trust that. And I, it's alleviates so much mental drama to just decide I'm doing whatever this person is telling me to do. Like I invested, I paid them, I'm paying them for their brain and their knowledge, and I'm doing exactly what she tells me to do. So I do that with every coach that I hire for everything. And I think that that is truly like one of my keys to success that I don't even engage in any like, well, I don't really want to do that. And why would she make me do that? Like, I just don't even, I'm just like, no, she tried to fight it. No, I'm like, okay, 
I, I might not enjoy it right now, but I know that there's a reason we're doing this and I'm going for it. I'm just doing it. So yeah, I love that you just said that. Okay. Anything else that you realized you kind of took for you to be able to get to the shape that you were in to be able to compete in these swimsuit competitions? I think deciding is huge. Just, you know, starting with a decision and setting goals. As funny as that sounds, yeah. a lot of people just don't set goals. So deciding, having a goal and really taking time to visualize how it's going to look, how it's going to feel when you get there. Oh my gosh. I love that. I don't think probably most people don't think about that. Thinking about like, once I have this habit and I have this achieve this goal, how is that going to feel? How am I going to feel? What am I going to think about myself? How am I going to carry myself? I love that. And I, I think unfortunately as a society, we have been, especially as adults, I think as children, we're still accepting of the idea of daydreaming. But I think as adults, we've been trained that that's a waste of time, that we shouldn't be doing that. And I think that's really unfortunate because I think if you're trying to create something new in your life, becoming a new version of you, next level of you, you have to spend time daydreaming about what that feels like so that you can then bring that to where you are now and practice being that now. Yeah. I spend a lot of time visualizing. Yeah. And it changes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So like, what are some of your like favorite visualization strategies or tactics or things that you've done? So pretty simple, actually, just you don't even need a yoga mat. I like to lay on my yoga mat, but really you could lay anywhere. I choose a yoga mat so I'm not in bed about to fall asleep because I'm so comfortable. But on my mat, just really closing my eyes and visualizing how do I want my life to look. I love that. Really, really visualizing what do I want to do more of. Yeah. Seeing it crystal clear. What changes am I going to have to make? to get to that place. Yeah. I love that. And I think also feeling what it feels like to be in that place, like giving yourself that experience, at least for me, this is one of the things that I've realized because I do visualization too. I do a lot of it when I'm meditating, honestly, but then I try and take it like into my everyday where I'm like, okay, if I'm this person, if I'm acting like this person right now, how do I show up to this? How do I feel? What am I doing that's maybe different than the me of today versus the me that I'm going to be in three years, let's say down the road and giving yourself that experience. And what I like, I'm just going to give one quick example. I met with my CFO last week. First of all, the fact that I'm saying that I have a CFO like literally blows my mind that my business is at the point where I have a CFO. But what I realized was even like the way he's talking to me about my business And like where it's headed in the next two years, like blew my mind so much. I came away from that call and I literally, I was like, I'm a badass. Like I felt so proud of myself. And I was like, wait a minute, but this is the way that the me two years from now is going to feel too. Because when he told me the trajectory of the business and where it was going, I was like, so proud of myself for being able to do that. And so for me, like experiencing that now, I kind of just took that with me as my whole weekend. And I was just like, yeah, this is, of course, this is who I am. Of course, this is the kind of business owner I am. Right. And it just felt so amazing. And I don't think we gift ourselves those experiences because we're not there yet. And we think we can't give ourselves 
the ability to feel like the way it will feel when we are there. But I think that is backwards. I think we have to use that to get ourselves there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's important to not forget to enjoy the journey and to have fun along the way and not be so fixated on the goal that you're just so super focused and not having fun. I think that you should celebrate small victories along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think giving yourself the experience of like, if just think about like, if you have a goal right now, whether it's a business goal, it's a physical health goal, any kind of goal that you have, think about the you who has achieved it. And part of enjoying the journey along the way is just letting yourself feel and be that person now all along the way. I think that is one of the gifts. Like that's one of the rewards. I think we don't think about gifting to ourselves and it's absolutely free. Like it doesn't require anything except for maybe a little bit of time to really sit and let yourself be in that experience. And I think it's the most valuable gift you could give yourself, honestly. So good. Okay. So the other thing that I asked Tara, um, pre ahead of time, I kind of sent her these questions and I was like, I think these would be good ones for us to ask. And I've kind of gone a little off script. So (laughs) as I always do. So going back to the things that I was, I thought would be really helpful for us to talk about. What do you see as some of like the biggest obstacles that either you or in your swimsuit competition journeys or your clients have experienced that you've been a part of? go through and creating new habits for doing hard things. So definitely limits people set for themselves before they even start. Like I can't, or I won't have people come in and say they want to lose weight, but I won't give up my two glasses of wine every night with my husband. And I can't come to the gym more than twice a week. So they're already just setting themselves up with limitations by saying the words I can't and I won't. That's super interesting. Never would have thought about that before, but you're right. Yeah. So that's definitely them putting an obstacle in front of them. I think boredom is huge. It will speak to that for a second. What about boredom? So boredom will set in and so it's important to keep things, whatever habit or goal you're working on hard enough, but also doable so you're making some progress and not so out of reach that you want to give up. Yeah. That you're like so discouraged. You just quit. Steps. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting. What just came to my mind when you said that was, am I willing to do the work, put in the practice of creating this habit for myself, even though I will probably have to work through not feeling like doing it and feeling bored and like wanting to quit? Am I still willing to do it? Like, do I have a good enough reason why that I talk to my students all the time about having a really juicy, compelling why that can drive you to keep going, even when you feel bored or you feel anxious or you feel overwhelmed or whatever it is, the feeling that you're having that will help you kind of work through that and do it anyways. Yeah. So boredom is where most people will quit. And I think it's important to be aware if you're becoming bored and if you are, make some adjustments. Yeah. (laughs) Number one to your mindset. Like maybe your mindset is, okay, the boredom is part of the process. It's amazing that I made it this far in the process that I got to boredom. (laughs) Now, how do I move forward? How do I do this while I'm bored? Might be a question that you ask yourself. Yeah. Or how, how do I adapt? Yeah. How do I just keep going even though I'm feeling bored with this right now? 
Because I think that's interesting. You've been working out for a long time now and you're still like, what I think is fascinating. You're still so in love with it. You're still like, you can just see in your classes, you're so excited to like take us through the workout that you've created. And we're like, where in the world did you come up with this crazy thing? (laughs) Like the crocodile thingies that we were doing the other day. (laughs) But I think that's, what's so interesting. And I'm sure you probably go through this periods where you're like, you kind of get bored and then you bring yourself out of it. So how do you do that? Or maybe you don't, maybe I'm wrong. And you're just like, so passionate about it. It just continues. I don't get bored with working out. I think there's so many different workouts that, that there's just never enough time. Yeah. And something you and I were talking about in the locker room this morning, which I think kind of has to do with overcoming obstacles is if it's relating to in the gym, finding your soulmate workout. Yeah. I love that so, idea. So tell them about that. So basically, you know, when you find your soulmate, you feel like, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? You're completely in love. You can't wait to see this person again. You're fixing yourself up (laughs) and you are, you want to go out and buy new clothes and you just feel alive. And so a soulmate workout kind of feels the same way. If you have never felt your soulmate workout, keep looking because there's something out there for everyone. But the soulmate workout is like, makes you feel alive again you are excited to go you're not dreading it you are looking forward to it you are buying the clothes and the new gear and kind of like this new class you and I have been going to on Tuesday Thursday nights it's making me feel alive and revived again and really looking forward and excited to go and I haven't had that in a while so doing new things yeah for those of you who want to know what class we're talking about (laughs) If you know about booty yoga, which I did not know about until B-U-T-I. B-U-T-I, we'll link it up in the show notes. Busy Gold, again, I'll link her um, Instagram up to our show notes as well. Like our little town is so cool. We got this amazing yoga instructor. She moved here and she is the founder of booty yoga. And she is now teaching at the yoga studio where Tara and I do yoga. We got certified as yoga instructors. Tara is actually teaching their yoga several t- times a week. And it is like, I was trying to describe it to Edge the other day. And I'm like, it is like yoga nightclub. Totally. And he's like, I can't, I, like there's not even a visual that comes to my mind. And I'm like, but that is like being in it. Like that is the best way I can describe. Like we have a heat lamp. So it's super hot already, which if you don't like a heated yoga experience, you wouldn't enjoy that necessarily, but it's warm. It's we have like the strobe lights. We have this like music that is like just so energizing, loud, loud, and you are doing the crazy, like it is like yoga on steroids, really. It's just like dancing caffeinated. yoga. Yeah. Highly caffeinated, Highly caffeinated yoga. yoga. And girls in booty shorts. And girls in booty shorts. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, it's so interesting. But Tara and I took the first class because we were so excited for Tara's been um, following busy for a long time. So she, she's the one that who actually told me that she was coming to town and she's like, we got to take this class. So I did. And I turned to her after class on the first night. And I was like, this is the most fun I've had on a Tuesday night, like literally forever. It was like, literally, I felt like I was at a nightclub. It was so amazing. And it was hard. It was hard. But for doable sure. for us. Yes, totally. So challenging, but totally. still we feel good about ourselves that we weren't completely yes. lost. We could follow right. along and we definitely have lots of 
work to do. <laughs> we have we're so much better. improvement to make. But what was so interesting is we were just like, well, at least me, I was like literally laughing at myself the entire time. I'm like, I look absolutely ridiculous and I'm having the most fun. It was like so funny to just like watch myself, see myself <laughs> do these crazy things that my body is not used to doing. And I think that goes back to your idea of like being willing to like be a beginner and not do it right and yeah, still have fun doing it. Yeah. I, I'm right now I'm in the process of trying to become a skate skier, which is new to me yeah. and it's very frustrating and humbling. And yesterday I fell three times and I went from going, Oh, I got it to, I hate this <laughs> to telling myself, be brave enough to suck at something new, be brave enough to suck at something new. And I think that's true in anything. Totally. Yeah. And I love that. I think allowing yourself to be brave enough and have the courage to suck at something new, whether that is a physical something, a new workout routine, some new sport, something in your business, even starting a business, a new relationship, like whatever it might be, having the courage to just not be good at it for a while. So you can get good at it because nobody gets good at anything like overnight. <laughs> That's the thing we forget. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of practice. Everybody started somewhere. Yes, exactly. Was a beginner one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. What else do you think about obstacles and tips or ideas you have for overcoming obstacles? I think families can be obstacles. Totally. More so than we'd like to think. Yes, I agree. Families aren't always open to the time and the yep. change. Yes. And will be, will voice their opinion. Yes. <laughs> Whether that be a partner or children or parents. parents, like it could be any, any, really any relationship. So I think relationships definitely can be an obstacle. Yeah, I agree. Friends. Friends. Yes. And just knowing are these people helping you or hurting right. you? Yeah. And so like, what are some of the things you've seen your clients do to kind of overcome this obstacle so that they can still get what they want? So I think just standing your ground and staying focused and sooner or later, they're going to come around and see like, oh, she's serious. She means business. She's actually doing it. And sometimes they end up joining surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was my experience. So my husband was never like into working out or doing anything, but I, our entire marriage have done that. And he's finally to the point now where, I mean, he works out way harder than I do. Like he's this crazy, he's at 11, like basically he takes everything to like the extreme. So I think that was, that was my experience. Yeah. I just like kept going, even though he didn't necessarily want me to be gone or want me to do the things. I just kept doing it. And then once I became a mom, I noticed that I wanted to use that excuse too. Like, but I should be with my kiddo and I shouldn't be taking the time for myself, which is, I think a very common thing that working moms tell themselves. And I think what I realized was, and this was a a coach kind of helped me look at that. Like, well, why do you think that your kids are entitled to a certain amount of your time? And it kind of like blew my mind. I was like, wait, I guess I did have that idea that they were like entitled to a certain amount of my hours or like whatever. And once I just relaxed that, then it was really easy for me to just be like, no, I I like the message that I'm teaching Lincoln about 
like he's seeing our dedication to going to work out and like we go consistently. And even when I'm tired, I'll even tell him, I'm like, I am tired today. I do not want to do this run or whatever, but I'm still doing it. And I think for me, at least in my relationship with my son, he pays a lot more attention to what I do than what I say. So I also really like that message that he's receiving through what he sees me doing. Yeah. I think kids are watching when we think totally because we can like preach at them all day long and they're like, yeah, whatever they're watching. They're watching what we're doing. Exactly. So yeah, I love that. What other obstacles, any other obstacles you think stand in our way? I think just boredom is a major, major one to look out for just being aware of when that's setting in and knowing that that's where most people quit. So staying consistent. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I never would have put together that boredom is the place where people quit, but I can totally see that. I was thinking that it would be, they lose the feeling of motivation um, and that's where they drop off. But that's super interesting that it's boredom. Yeah. And being able to keep going when you're not feeling motivated. Yeah, sure. For sure. I can tell you like a hundred percent, I'm not motivated anytime at 545 (laughs) AM ever. Well, something happens. She <laughs> flips the mindset within like between 545 and 546. I definitely show up, but I think that's really important for people to hear. Like even I consider myself a high achiever. Tara is a high achiever. I know if you're listening, you are someone who is a high achieving human or you would never have subscribed to a podcast called Unbusy Your Life. So you're doing all the things. And I think what happens is we have this idea that high achieving people have it easier in some way. And I don't think it's easier. I think we have the same struggles. I think we're just willing to keep going long enough that it makes those struggles, at least in my mind, I don't negotiate with myself anymore. And I think that was one of my biggest things. Like one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome is listening to my mind and negotiating with the story that I was telling myself because I could easily just say, I don't really feel like it today. And I'll just text Tara and let her know that I'm not coming. Like she's not going to do anything. She doesn't really care. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, no, I made this commitment. I'm not, I'm not willing to negotiate with my own mind, except in very specific situations. So there are exceptions I would set for myself. Like if I Literally, if I didn't sleep the night before at all, or I was sick or like some, something happened, those are the places where I'd be like, yeah, it's just, I'm not going. That's, but the other times I think is where we get into trouble, where it's that negotiate, that internal negotiation that we get stuck in. And then the longer we negotiate, at least for me, I found this, the longer that I allow that negotiation to happen inside my mind, the easier it is for me to just say no and not show up. Yeah. And I think when those conversations in your head start happening, that's when it's really important to know your why. You spoke yes. about the why. Yes. But really remind yourself, okay, why am I doing this? I think the why needs to be stronger than your excuses when it gets hard. And yes. it will get hard. Life happens. Totally. Things happen. There may be a day when you miss, but try not to miss two days. Yeah. If you do miss, give yourself grace and then get right back on it because life does happen. Yeah. And I think it's really important. I'm just going to reiterate what she, what Tara just said, make your why stronger than your excuses. So when you are setting up your why for yourself or creating something new, that's hard. You want to make sure that you like peg it against all the excuses that are going to come up. Is it strong enough 
to carry you through those excuses. If not, you probably need something that's a little bit more compelling. And Tara and I were talking before we pressed record here, like our reason why for going to the gym and doing all the things that we do is we have this idea of ourselves at like 80 and still being able to do all the things we want to do. Like that is really like the, in my mind, for me, it really is the driving reason why I, I want to be strong enough and flexible enough and in good enough cardiovascular shape to go do all the things that I want to do when I'm 80. And that is a really compelling why for me. Not in a nursing home. Not in a nursing home. That's right. I want to be on my own. I'm fiercely independent. I want to be like taking care of my own stuff, going out, running still, working out with you, going to booty yoga. (laughs) I want to be that 80 year old in that room, right? So for me, that's what keeps me going is thinking about myself, even though that is like 40 years from now. That's the me that I'm thinking of when I get up at 545 and I get go to the gym, even when I don't want to. Okay, so... Last question here. If there is one, what's the number one most important thing that you think we should focus on when we're first starting a new hard habit? So a couple of things, I think making it easy, Mm. setting yourself up for success, whether again, we keep bringing it back to the gym, but this can be for anything. Yeah. So as far as, you know, workout goals, setting out your workout clothes, your breakfast, getting your gym bag ready to go, having your water bottle already filled, just yeah, minimizing the excuses and yes. really just less thought in the morning so you can focus more with your brain power on other things, but just setting yourself up. It's your environment. You design it. Set yourself up for success. Do the meal planning. Cut up the fruits and vegetables if that's yeah. what you're working on. I love that. I agree. I've started because we have this at 545 in the morning. I've really had to think about my morning me differently the night before. So if I don't do that, if I don't set up my workout clothes, if I don't get all my gym bag ready and all my stuff ready, I am like a frantic mess in the morning. And then I notice in my mind, like the negotiation is even stronger. It's like, oh, you don't have time for this. You can't do this. So I agree. I think really making it as easy as possible to get yourself to do the things that you want to do. Make it easy. Prime your environment. Yeah. Minimize anything that's going to work against you. If you're trying to lose weight again, bringing it back to then that get your junk food out of the house. If you're trying to not drink, remove all the wine. Yeah. I had a guy that had decided to quit alcohol for a year and he was part of a wine club and he had a huge wine collection Mm -hmm. that he moved to his storage unit. He got it out of the house. Yeah. yeah. And this was like bottles and bottles. So just priming your environment. So the things that are going to work against you are not in sight and yeah. setting yourself up for success, really just taking a, an honest look around your environment. I love that. Yeah. And I think at the very beginning, all of those things are really important to just like make it as easy as possible for you to get started. And then I think, so that's like phase one. And then phase two would be okay, I'm started and I'm in a good groove. I've been doing this for a while and now I feel bored (laughs) or whatever will happen. How do we keep it going so that we don't stop? Any ideas there? I think research. Okay. So any goal pretty much has already been done. Somebody's done it it, for most things. I think researching, Googling, YouTube, just becoming obsessed and 
learning everything you can and doing those things. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that you said that I had coffee with my sister this weekend and we were talking about business. She was like, but business is so hard. And I'm like, no, it's actually not. It's very easy. And it's, it was so interesting for me to hear myself saying that because a couple of years ago, I would have been in her camp where I was like, no, business is so hard. And it's like overwhelming and stressful and it's anxious, anxiety producing and all that. But now because I have um, literally like immersed myself in the business world, I can't even tell you how much content I've consumed, how many things I've tried, how many like situations I've put myself in to learn and like digest and absorb everything I can. I just get it now in a way that I never knew that I would be able to get it. And it's so simple in my mind. So I think that's true. Like really, I love what you just said, becoming obsessed, healthily obsessed, maybe (laughs) might be a word. We don't want to tell Edge to be obsessed because (laughs) he would probably destroy his life. But Yeah. Thinking about like, what is the healthy obsession with this thing that I want to create? That's going to help me create the success that I want to create. Everything you can about it. Totally. I love it. Like now. Yeah. Like, because we're doing booty, I'm like, okay, where can I get the the little yoga shorts and where can I get, like, I need to get the mat where it's like, cause I'm literally sweating like a linebacker in there, you know, like to like all the things and setting myself up to have all the things that I need to be able to be successful for that. So I love that. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is just surrounding yourself with like-minded people that are on a yes. similar path. You know, you've heard the whole, the five people you spend the most yes. time with. So who are you spending the most time with? Yeah. I love, and I think that is so, so important. And I know that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to you in the first place, because I saw you and I knew, like, I just kind of like knew that you were just like this high achieving, like you're kicking ass in the world in your life. And I'm like, yep, she's totally for me. Like, I just knew that. And I think it's really interesting. I've been a lot more sensitive to this idea of who I surround myself with and who I spend my time with really more so over the last couple of years than ever I have been in my life. And I think maybe it comes with maybe aging and maturity and wisdom experiences. I'm not sure, but I realize how invaluable it really is to surround yourself with people. And I think I have different pockets of people, you know, I have pockets of people for business and I have, and I have like pockets of girlfriends and doing all the athletic things and really thinking about the habits that you want to create and immersing yourself with the people who have those things or are doing them the same way. This is why I think masterminds are literally invaluable because you start to normalize for your mind the things that the people inside of that group are thinking and doing. And I think it's the fastest way, literally, I think it's the fastest way to be able to change your mindset is to just put yourself in the room where everybody else thinks differently, thinks the way you want to be thinking or need to be thinking in order to be doing the things or creating the success or the goals that you want to create. And you absorb that. It's just the way that we work. We really just absorb what we're immersed in. Yeah. Imitate, emulate, yeah. fake it till you make it. Totally. Letting yourself suck at it long enough so you can get to be that person that you want or have the, that success or create that goal that you want to achieve. You can find new friends if you need to. That's <laughs> find right. a new tribe. That's right. And that will should probably be a whole nother podcast episode, <laughs> I feel like, because I have a whole story about that that I could talk to. And I think that is true. Sometimes you do need to like 
not that you need to kick people out of your life, but maybe you need to limit your exposure to them if you're going to create something new and different that is not a part of their world so that you can give yourself the time and space to be with the humans who are doing the things that you want to do in the world. Yeah, I love that. And I think the last thing that I would offer here is from a mindset perspective, really thinking about identifying as the human and then going and doing the thing. So let me explain. So I was thinking about the examples that I would use for this. It's like not being the person who drinks alcohol, because as you all know, if you listen to Tara's our interview from the last podcast, we were talking about how she gave up alcohol. And I have recently done this as well. And really thinking about like, okay, if I'm the person who doesn't drink, then I'm not going to spend time thinking about not drinking. I'm just going to, like that won't even be part of my world. It won't even be part of my thought process. And so thinking about also like going to the gym, like if I identify as someone who work at, works out five days per week, like that's just who I am, then it's going to be so much easier for me to go do the things, go work out five days a week, even if it's super early. And even if I have all the excuses and even if it would be really easy for me not to, because I am that person, that's how I show up in the world. So really thinking about the identity you need to like put on, even if it's new and different and one you haven't had in the past, that will help make doing the habit, creating the habit, doing the things easier for you. If you adopt the identity first, it's going to be the key to long-term success with this habit that you want to create versus just like willpowering your way through it or doing it for a little while and then not creating the identity behind it because it's the identity that drives the long-term success of staying with this consistently. Right. So if you haven't taken the time to really visualize who you want to be and where you want to be in life, do it now because the habits that you put into place will determine who you become. It's basically the habits that you're adapting or adopting are making plans for the future you. So if you don't know who the future you wants to look like, visualize. Yeah. I love that. I think that is a great way to end this besides saying like, There's a Spruce Lee quote, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but it says something like, he said something to the effect of, I'm not scared of the guy who did 10,000 different kicks. I'm scared of the guy who did the one kick 10,000 times. So it is like the practice, the practice, the practice of the one thing is what creates the mastery. So what I might leave you with this week is to think about what is the one thing that you want to be mastering in your life? Is it your physical health? Is it your mental health? Is it your emotional health? Is it a relationship? Is it a business? What is the one thing that you want to put in the 10,000 kicks for? Anything else? Get your reps in, whether it's financial sit-ups or sit-ups in the gym. Oh my God, I love that (laughs) so much. If it's a financial goal you're working on. Totally. Put your reps in. Yeah, I love that so much. Financial (laughs) sit-ups. Those are the setups I need to be working on. <laughs> you and me both, sister. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a podcast episode on money. That might be financial sit-ups will be the title of that podcast. <laughs> Coming attractions. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to have Tara's link to her Instagram in our show notes. Anything else? You Any other way you would like them to get in contact with you? No. Nope. I know that um, some of you, because I've received messages from you, 
have contacted Tara from the last one and bought some of the products that she sells. And I highly recommend that you just go follow her on Instagram so you can see all the amazing things that she does. You can do some of the workouts that she shows you on Instagram. She's amazing. And we'll link all the stuff up in the show notes. Until the next episode, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for so awesome. It's been so fun. I know. It's one of my favorite conversations. Okay. Have an amazing, unbusy week, and I'll see you next time. I'm so excited that you just finished another episode of Unbusy Your Life. Each time you finish an episode, you are another step closer to accomplishing more in less time, making more money, and living the semi-retired lifestyle for the rest of your career, where you work as little as you want and still collect a paycheck or make money in your business so that you can fund this lifestyle. If you love listening each week, make sure that you follow the show and let me know what you love about it by leaving a review. It's the best way to support the show, and I so appreciate it. I'll see you next week.